Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. This is the Red Sox Precap with your hosts, Keaton DeRocher and Shelley Verstraight. Part of the Over the Monster Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Red Sox Precap Podcast. Podcast from the Over the Monster Podcast Network where we recap the series that just ended. Preview the series that's about to begin. That is recapping the Rays, previewing the White Sox. I am your host, Keaton DeRocher, joined this episode by Matt Collins. Matt, thanks for uh, hopping on. I think you've done a couple of these already, right? This is not my first rodeo, Keaton. Outstanding. Well, let's dive on in then, because um, we've got a lot of crappy stuff to get to before the fun stuff. <sighs> so let's get that out of the way. Uh, game one, Chris Sale versus Ryan Yarbrough. Red Sox take the loss 11-10. to 10. Sale got hit a lot, and thanks to terrible defense, was only charged with one earned run, although he allowed five on 10 hits in only three and two-thirds innings. Six strikeouts, one walk. What was your thoughts on Sale's start this time around? It was. This was kind of like a start that I, I feel like you could kind of just throw away. I mean, he definitely wasn't as good as we've seen him in the past. Um, and there were some times where he was failing to put guys away, and... That's not great, but also some of the hits were not really hard contact, and also, as you mentioned, I mean, the defense in this game was just unlike anything I've ever seen on a Major League Diamond from a purported <laughs> playoff contender. I mean, this it was unbelievable. So, I mean, it, it, uh, Sale, like I said, he definitely could have been better. It was not the finest start that we've seen from him this year, but I 
don't really th- he was way 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 down on the list of problems in this game yeah uh three errors in this game which i believe made it seven errors in consecutive games um not great what the hell is going on with the defense and why is it all happening now or why does it seem like it's all happening now i mean part of it i think is the COVID issues um they've really kind of thrown this lineup for a loop i mean kike hernandez was not back for this game, so that forced Alex Verdugo into center field, and Verdugo was really the highlight of the defensive woes in this game. I mean, he was just awful. He only got one error, but I feel like he made, like, 14 terrible plays. Um, and Taylor Motter also had a couple of bad plays, um, also only charged with one error, but definitely had more than one error-worthy play. Um, obviously, Taylor Motter is not really part of the equation if there aren't any COVID issues. So this isn't a good defensive team in the first place, but when you're forced into doing things like having Alex Verdugo as your center fielder and Taylor Motter as a middle infielder, that doesn't help matter. So it's really, I, to me, it's just a combination of, I mean, they just went through a bad stretch and they have half the roster out and they aren't that great defensively to begin with. And it just, it leads to, it leads to games like Monday. Fair. The offense was able to bail Sale out, though, tagging Yarbrough for seven runs across two innings as Sale was not in line for the loss when he left. Uh, what were your thoughts on the offense's performance here against Yarbrough and then, uh, I guess, for the game in total? I mean, the offense was clearly not the problem. Um, they probably could have scored a few more runs later in the game, I guess, but it's hard to complain when you score 10 runs um, and get 14 hits. Yarbrough's a guy that they've been able to beat up on pretty much every time this year they kind of struggled last time out so it was nice to see them bounce back but um yeah overall i mean the offense did well renfro had a big game modder actually had a nice game as well um jonathan aruz just out of nowhere power hitter had another home run so um (laughs) the offense was the offense was fine uh it's just everything else was not after the offense gave, uh, well, it was Chris Sale wasn't in line for the win, but at least gave the Red Sox the lead. The bullpen ended up blowing it in just tremendous fashion. Uh, Garrett Richards, Josh Taylor, Adam Adovino all gave up runs in a combined three and two thirds relief, and then Whitlock took the loss after first blowing the save and then allowing two more in the tenth. Um, maybe getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here. Uh, yeah, let's just start with general reaction to bullpen's performance before we we talk about the closer. Uh, I mean, it was certainly not good, um, but I don't think it was – it wasn't really anything I'm super concerned with long-term. Whitlock didn't have a good game, but, I mean, that's going to happen. He's not going to be perfect every time out. Um, it just happened to come at a terrible time. Ottavino's kind of scaring me a little bit lately, but I think that's just the Ottavino experience. I mean, I know a lot of Yankees fans, and that's pretty much what they say. This is just how it goes, um, but – I mean, it like it wasn't good, but the Red Sox bullpen. I think you kind of have to factor in that they're going to give up runs if you're if the starter's only going three and two thirds innings. You're probably going to need a bunch more runs because there's no way this bullpen is as currently constructed is getting through the rest of that game with no more runs. That did it for game one. Again, Red Sox take the loss, eleven to ten. Game two, Eduardo Rodriguez versus Drew Rasmussen, and Eduardo Rodriguez was not great, and Drew Rasmussen just seemed to own the Red Sox for the third consecutive time. Uh, six earned on eight hits, three and two-thirds innings, uh, no walks, three Ks for Erod. What's your assessment there? 
I I don't even know what to think about Rodriguez anymore. <laughs> it's like every time I start to feel good, he does this. Um, just not missing bats, only struck out three, two home runs. Everything was hit hard pretty much. I mean, of the eight hits, see, one, two, three, four, five, six of them went for extra bases. Um, he just, I mean, he didn't have it. And the Rays are a good lineup. It's not... Um, shortchanged them here they're they're the best offense in the american league by run scored for a reason but i mean it's it's been two steps back one step forward all season for rodriguez and it just it doesn't seem like it's gonna end anytime soon so um definitely discouraging looking forward and um obviously a big part of the reason they lost this game yeah the ironic part was we had a listener question recording the red sea podcast last night during the game and uh, the listener question was, who is going to have the just be lights out down the stretch here to push the Red Sox into playoffs? And Jake went all in on Erod, and I was like, well, it's not off to a great start. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I was all in on airs. I was all in on him a few weeks ago, but man, I mean, it's it's just too inconsistent now. I can't count on it. Uh, again, the bullpen wasn't much better. Feliz gave up two runs and two and a third inning work that Peacock finished it off, allowing four runs across three innings. Um, anything that worth noting about those two performances? Hopefully it's the last time we see either of them. Um, I mean, these aren't like actual core members of the bullpen. So, yeah. uh, I mean, all in all, they, they didn't do well, but they didn't, they also managed to get through it without having to use any like actually important relievers. So that's sort of a positive. Yeah. Uh, Rasmussen again, owned Sox hitters going five, allowing one run, no walks, two Ks. Why is he so good versus the Red Sox? Is there something specific he's doing or it's just one of those weird baseball things? I, I think he's good against pretty much everybody. Um, I was looking at it recently. Um, he's, he's given up like exactly one run in pretty much all of his starts. Um, he's a weird dude. I don't really understand how it works. I mean, he's obviously got the stuff, although he didn't get a lot of strikeouts in this game. I mean, he's, I can yeah. see why he's tough to square up, but yeah, he isn't allowed more than one run since July 5th. So, um, he's just sort of on a heater and the Red Sox have had the pleasure of facing him a few times during this stretch, four times since the start of <laughs> August. Yeah. Yeah. That was tough. I was at one of those. It wasn't fun. <laughs> Uh, the Red Sox offense did manage to score six runs combined in the eighth and ninth, but it all was lost by then. Dalmach with two dingers. Pulecki also added one. Uh, and that did it. Santana. 12-7. Oh, Santana. Well, I can't type. <laughs> or read, I guess. Um, 12-7 loss. Drop in game two. Game three tonight. Here was the fun one. Nathan Evaldi was just absolutely on fire. Seven innings. Three hits, two walks, eight strikeouts. Evaldi's been on a nice little run lately. What were your thoughts on his start here? He's everything that I was hoping Rodriguez was going to be in the second half. Um, I mean, I've always been an Evaldi guy, but I had been kind of assuming that Rodriguez would be the guy to step up as the second starter behind Sale, but, I mean, there's no question now. It's Evaldi, and I think he looked as good, if not better, in the start than he has in any other appearance all season. I mean, he's not typically a big strikeout guy, but he had some nasty stuff in this in this start and still was keeping the control. Um, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, they still need Chris Sale, obviously, to be something pretty close to Chris Sale, but Evaldi is really stepping up in a big way, and it's it's huge. It is. Josh Taylor went two-thirds of an innings, got charged with a run that Garrett Richards allowed. Richards went a third of an inning, and then Robles got the save, striking out two in his one inning of work. Also known 
as the Hunter Renfro game, though. The Red Sox, all the offense came on a Hunter Renfro home run and then a game-saving throw on Wendell trying to stretch a triple. Um, let's just let's just talk about how great Renfro has been. Legitimately, is he the best free agent signing of the offseason in all of the Major League Baseball? Uh, I mean, he has been better than Marcus Semien, but... Uh, he's that's true. probably on the short list. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, I like Andrew Renfro, but Mark Simeon's been on another planet. But yeah, I mean, uh, last week on um, the podcast with me and Brian, we got a question about maybe uh, trading Hunter Renfro, and I thought it was an idea that they should at least entertain. And I still don't know that it's the worst idea in the world, obviously, depending on what kind of return they can get. But I mean, he's got the kind of, he's a game changer. On, I don't know. I, I still don't really buy that his offense is going to be as consistent as we've seen this year. But defensively, I mean, the guy is a game changer. And he did make a mistake in that first game. Uh, we were talking about all the defense um, miscues in that game. He made a mistake late in the game by not backing up a fly ball to center field. Well, in this game, he backed up the fly ball to center field and it ended up winning the game um, at the end. So, yeah, I mean, the guy's, the guy's been unbelievable. And he's I don't know where they would be without him. No, really don't. Uh, so back to the closer then. Hansel Robles got the save uh, and save chance opportunity this go around. Uh, when Matt Barnes is reinstated, is it his job or uh, the next save opportunity that comes up for the Red Sox, who's going to get it? I think it'll be Whitlock. I think it's still Whitlock, but they're also still treating him with kid gloves, which is not a great combination for where this team is at right now. I think the games are too important, but um, I think it's going to be Whitlock when they're comfortable using him. And then when they're not, they're just going to, I don't even know. Cause I, I, I can't say they were playing the hot hand going with Robles here. I don't, I don't really know what the justification <laughs> yeah. is there, but whatever the reasoning they use, I think that'll be the reasoning when they don't want to use Whitlock. Yeah. I am kind of surprised I went back to Robles, but I guess, with the state of the bullpen, there probably wasn't another option. I mean, they I did have um, Ottavino, and I missed the second person who was warming up. Austin um, Davis, too. Austin Davis. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I think that was just for a lefty, I would assume. I don't know who was. I think Meadows was due up next. That uh, was Meadows and Choi coming up at some point, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Well, uh, Red Sox do get one out of three, at least. Salvage game three. Uh, who is your MVP of the series? I mean, it's got to be Hunter Renfro. <laughs> so yeah. he, was, he carried the team for their only win, so I don't know who, who else he could pick. Yeah, Avaldi probably it's... deserves a, some consideration too, but yeah, yeah, I, I've been gonna go Renfro, but you're right, Avaldi close second. All right, that's gonna do it for the Rays. We'll take a quick break, come back, and preview the series against the White Sox. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You are up to the date. Standings in Major League Baseball. Uh, Tampa Bay leading the division. Nine and a half games ahead of the Yankees. Ten ahead of Boston. Twelve ahead of Toronto. 43 ahead of Baltimore. Wildcard standings the Yankees are half a game up on Boston. I honestly Boston. wasn't sure if that was a joke or not. <laughs> it's just something fun it's... I like to do each podcast. Just remind people how far Baltimore is. <laughs> um, Boston two games ahead of Toronto. Uh, two and a half ahead of Seattle. And three and a half ahead of Oakland. Heading to Chicago for a three-game set against the White Sox. The pitching matchups are... Um, a bit goofy, but from what I was able to piece together, we have Tanner Houck versus Reynaldo Lopez, possibly Cutter Crawford versus Dylan Cease, uh, Chris Sale against Jimmy Lambert in game three. Uh, some weird pitching matchups for a very good Chicago team. What are your thoughts on those matchups? Well, I think, first of all, I would kind of be surprised if it was Cutter Crawford. I think it'll be Connor Siebold. Um just because he he didn't start the last time because he had started the day before, but I'm assuming they're not gonna um, start him again. So I would hope I would at least hope that they I, I like Cutter Crawford, but I would hope it'll be Seabold instead. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, it's gonna be with Hoken, whether it's Seabold or Crawford. I mean, this is gonna be a tough matchup for them. Obviously, the White Sox are one of the best teams of baseball. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly don't really know what else to say. Um, it will also be cool to see Chris Sale back in Chicago. I hadn't really uh, pieced that together until right now, but that will be that should be yeah. fun. I, Ronaldo Lopez has been up and down. Dylan Cease has had a really good year. I know absolutely nothing about Jimmy Lambert, but just based off of the pitching matchups alone, I feel like it probably couldn't have gone better for how the Sox are lining up, I guess, if you could have gotten Evaldi in there. Um, as well, but it seems as if things at least broke the Red Sox direction in the pitching matchups. Uh, however, those pitchers have a hell of a lineup to deal with. Uh, Luis Robert leading off, Yon Moncada, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Gismani Grantal, Gavin Sheets, Larry Garcia, Andrew Vaughn, and Cesar Hernandez. There really isn't much of a weak point in that lineup at all. This is going to be pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of positivity in that white Sox are a little banged up right now. I guess it's more on the pitching staff with Giolito and Lynn, but Tim Anderson's not in, which is nice. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think the only saving grace that there might be is that the white Sox are so far ahead that, and we're close enough to the playoffs that maybe they're going to start giving some extra rest and we might see some more of their bench than maybe we would have if the Red Sox have been playing them in July. But, I mean, yeah, the White Sox are they're running away with the Division for a reason. So um, this is a tough, tough lineup. Yeah, the Pats, unfortunately, are just getting healthy. Like uh, Robert and Jimenez both just recently came back after long stints away and in weird injuries. Uh, and they picked up right where they left off, being really good baseball players. 
So funny how that works. Yeah, weird. Um, I don't know how what else to say about the bats. There, their lineup is very freaking good. Uh, it is almost. Uh, nope, I cannot do that math quickly because they are not sorted. I was trying to go for their rank and runs scored, but that's not going to work. Let's just say they're up there. They're sixth. There you go. According to Fangraphs. <laughs> okay, great. I'm glad you had that. <laughs> I was trying to look at the standings and figure that out, and that wasn't going to work. <laughs> so, great. Uh, what is your prediction for the series? Uh, I'm going to go one out of three. Um, just feels like the Red Sox are not doing great against these quality of teams. So, they'll take one of them, but um, I'm going to go on the pessimistic side here. I feel exactly the same. Who's your prediction for MVP? Uh, let's go with uh, Bobby Dahlbeck. He's been he's been crushing the ball lately. He'll hit a couple home runs out there in Chicago. I like it. I'm going to go Chris Sale, locking down that third game, having a day. Thanks for listening. That is going to do it for us. We have some other great pods on the Over the Monster Podcast Network. Matt and Brian do the Over the Monster Pod. Jake and myself do the Red Seat. And Bob and Shelly talk all things minor leagues on the Socks on Deck pod. Uh, you can find both of us on Twitter. You can find Matt at Over the Monster. You can find myself at Spoken Keats. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you uh, over the weekend to recap the White Sox. Mm-hmm.